Welcome to the Dropping the Last 5 Pounds podcast. My name is Magali, I'm your coach, and I'm going to give you all the tips and tricks on how to lose weight, what diets really work, and what it actually takes to get results. Because you, my friend, are not here to waste any more time. I'm going to give you the facts, I'm going to debunk the BS, and I'm going to motivate you and kick your ass into action. Ready to live your healthiest and happiest life? Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Dropping the Last 5 Pounds podcast. If you're new here, my name is Magali. I'm a coach, and my goal is here to help you lose weight, build the best body, get in shape, all the while doing it the right way, doing it the healthy way, and basically skipping out on all the BS and all the lies that everybody and their mother online wants to tell you about it, which is exactly what the topic of today's episode is. I'm going to go over eight lies women have been told about health and fitness and just kind of give you a little bit of a little bit of advice as to what to do instead. So, as I'm sure you've noticed, there is a lot of opinions, there are a lot of opinions online about what women should do, shouldn't do, how they should train, how they shouldn't, how they should eat, blah blah blah. And while men get this too, it is a lot more what's the word? obnoxious <laughs> for women. There's just no shortage of information, which the majority of it is misinformation. So this is, these are eight of the things that, I mean, there's a lot, a million and one more, but these are the eight that I want to talk about just for time's sake and not to make this episode crazy long. So the first lie that I want to tell you, and I think is one of the most important to understand, is you have to exercise and train differently because you're a female. This is a lie. <laughs> Women and men are different, yes. However, our bodies aren't made of different structures. They're not made of different types of muscle. They're not made of different types of, of tissue. It's all the same stuff. It's just different proportions, different sizes, you know, things like that. But at the end of the day, we're both human. We both have the same structures. So in order to grow specific areas of your body or change them, you kind of have to do the same stuff. It, it's not like here's a category for men of things to do and here's a category for women. The difference in in um, in training for men and women isn't so much because you're a female and they're male. It's goals. So men and women typically have different goals. So the majority of women want to be leaner, want to be smaller, want to have a smaller frame, bigger hips, bigger, you know, butt, uh, slim thighs, all of that good stuff. Now, this is very generalized. Um, I myself don't have the same goals that many other women do, and that doesn't mean that it, th- there's it's good or bad. It's just what I've observed based on my clients and just in general. Most women want these things. And same thing with men. They have a very specific set of goals. Men usually don't really care about big legs. They want mostly big arms, big chest, nice back, big traps, kind of more upper body, whereas women care more about lower body. And men typically want to be bigger. Women typically want to be smaller. So while even though the goals are different and that does change the approach you should take, it doesn't mean that there's a specific set of exercises that men do and a specific set of exercises that women do and a specific way of training that men do and a specific way of training that women do. It's not about the type of training that changes. It's just what do you focus on? 
based on your goals. So if you're a girl and you want to have the same goals as your boyfriend wants for whatever reason, if that's what you want, great. Then yeah, you're going to train more like him. But if you want to be slim, you know, have a bigger butt, you know, slimmer frame, then you have to probably train a little bit differently. But it doesn't mean that because you're female, you automatically have to train less intensity or whatever, whatever, you know, none of that. You basically just pick and choose the exercises that help support your goals, whatever your goals are. And that's going to be the differentiated factor between what a guy may want and what you may want, but not because you're female you do a specific set of things and avoid others because that's just not the way our bodies work. Cool. All right, next one. Too much protein will make you bulky or fat. I've heard this so many times and let me tell you something. The reason why women are, are can be overweight or bulky or bigger is not the protein, my friends. It's the donuts, the overconsumption of uh burgers and overconsumption of chips and not working out enough and you know not being active it's a combination of things protein is there to help you you know protein is one of the macronutrients that our body needs to survive and it's a great in fact necessary component of building muscle and shaping your body the right way what contributes to being bulky and big is just eating too much You know, us women, we don't have enough testosterone and many other things that guys have that allows our body to get giant and big and muscular. Like, trust me, I'm trying to. (laughs) It's not happening. Um, Unless you're on steroids or you're a genetic freak, which very few of you are. So you cannot get bulky by eating protein. You get bulky by gaining too much body fat because you're eating too much in general, period. Now, obviously, as with anything, if you're eating 10,000 protein shakes a day, well, well then, yeah, you're probably going to get fat because <laughs> that's a lot of calories. But likewise, if you ate 10,000 avocados, same thing. A calorie is a calorie. And even though they come from different sources and they respond differently in the body, a calorie is a calorie. So you can overeat on whatever, healthy, quote unquote, or not, and gain weight and be bulky. But protein itself does not automatically make you fat. And in fact, if you're trying to build muscle, you're trying to gain a booty, you're trying to build your physique in whatever way you want, having adequate amounts of protein is so, so, so necessary. And um, a good rule of thumb, if you're curious, like how much should I be eating, you typically want to have 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 120 pounds and you want to do the 1 gram per pound, you'd have 120 grams of protein, so forth and so on. Now, this number is not going to be exact because everyone's different, but it's a good starting point. But the basic lie, protein makes you bulky, is not true. Eating anything in excess makes you bulky. Doesn't matter what it is, protein, avocados, salads, whatever. Too much of anything makes you fat, not the thing itself. All right, next one. Another bulky myth, um, another lie is... Lifting heavy weights makes women bulky and in order to get the toned look, you need to be doing less weight, more reps, less rest, circuit style training. And no, (laughs) no, 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 no. Okay, listen to me. If your goal is not to get crazy strong, be a power lifter, compete in the crazy elite levels and, you know, get crazy monstrous strong, you don't have to. That's not a requirement to build muscle. That's not a requirement to shape your body. However, 
The thing about building muscle, you guys, is that it requires a stimulus. It requires tension. For something to grow similar like a diamond, it needs to be put under pressure and then it changes. Otherwise, nothing happens. And what I mean by that is muscle needs to be stimulated by consistently getting stronger, pushing more weight, pushing more intensity. Otherwise, if you keep your weights low intensity and just kind of do as many reps as you possibly can, you can't go heavy, but then your muscle is going to fatigue and then it's going to kind of adapt to what you're doing. And because you're not pushing the weight, you're not getting stronger. It's kind of just going to be like, well, I mean, I don't really need to grow anymore. I'm going to I'm kind of just going to maintain here. And that's what a lot of women see at first. You're going from sedentary and you get into a routine and you're building muscle, you're looking great. And then a month, two, three months in, you're plateauing and nothing else is happening. And you're like, um, excuse me, what happened? And I usually in these situations, I ask the person, I'm like, what's the weight you've been pushing? Have you increased in the past few weeks? Have you been trying more weight? Have you been trying a different form of the exercise to make it harder? And they're like, no. Well, then the, the muscle isn't going to grow. Your butt isn't going to grow, you know? So training heavy does not make you bulky. Training heavy allows the muscle to receive the appropriate intensity to force it to grow. Again, back to my previous point, what makes someone bulky isn't so much the weight that they're doing or the, you know, protein intake. It's the fact that they're eating way too much. And if you think about this, if you're eating a ton of calories that was my phone, if you're eating a ton of calories and now you're also building muscle, well, yeah, you're going to look bulky because you're gaining not only muscle, but also body fat. So if your goal is not to look like that, what you have to do is still train hard, still train the body parts that you want to grow, still focus on those things, but then make sure your nutrition is at the right quantity. Because if you're eating just the right amount to lose body fat, but also keep muscle. You're going to look great. You're going to slim down. Everything's going to be shapely. It's going to be awesome. You're going to look quote unquote tone, even though I hate that term. Um, but if you consistently eat too much and building muscle, yeah, you're going to look bigger. And that's just the way it goes. So again, if your goal is to build the right quantity of muscle where you want it, but you still want to look lean and small and just petite, but toned and defined, even though I don't like those descriptions because it just means you built muscle and you're lean. Um, the best bet for you is to continue getting stronger, lift heavy, get strong in the exercises that you enjoy, force your glutes, your legs to grow whatever body part you want, but make sure your nutrition is dialed in. And that means eating the appropriate amount of calories, eating sufficient protein. Again, back to my previous point, 0.8 to 1 grams per pound of body weight and then obviously you know eat your veggies drink your water do all of that good stuff but it mainly comes down to nutrition you over eat calories and you're training hard yeah you're gonna get bulky that's why most people and men who want to get big who want to train hard have to eat more and have to bulk because it's not going to happen by under eating so that's a lie late weightlifting and being strong does not make women bulky overeating does so the next lie, women have to lose weight and body fat first before you start to build muscle and you start to weight train. This is very commonly believed and the only group, and this is true in only one group of people, which the majority of you listening probably and the majority of everyone is not a part of. And that group is people who have been lifting consistently at an advanced or intermediate level for a very long time. 
And that is someone, that's a category I fall into. So when you've been lifting and you're advanced and you're, you've progressed throughout the years, your body no longer can do two things at once. It has to specialize. And that's just the shitty part about it is when you get super advanced and you're super into it, you can't do losing body fat and gaining muscle at the same time. Your body just isn't efficient at doing that anymore and you have to choose one or the other. So I am currently bulking and gaining muscle and and putting on body fat because I have to do that in order to gain muscle. I can't do trying to lose body fat and and eating smaller calories and thinking that I'm going to build a ton of muscle. It's just not going to happen. But if you're a beginner, if you are someone who has taken a long break and you're coming back to it, maybe you got hurt or just anything like that, this is not something you have to worry about because your body is new, newer. And basically, when your body is newer to working out, it takes stimulus very well. So if you're controlling your calories, meaning staying in a calorie deficit, high amounts of protein, high amounts of fiber, and you're training really, really hard in the gym three to five times a week, building muscle, putting on strength, your body will change rapidly and it'll lose body fat as well as build muscle because your body is just good at doing that right now. There will come a point where that there, that no longer works, but typically you don't have to worry about that for at least a year or so of consistently training. So if you haven't done that and you're not advanced, then you pretty much can benefit and do both at the same time. Now, the key here is you need to be making sure that you're in a calorie deficit first and foremost. That's the only way you're going to lose body fat. And then training strong in the gym and trying to push the intensity and trying to get stronger and using the the muscles that you want to build and really pushing those to the limit and then keeping your protein high. You want to do this because as you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight You want most of that weight to be body fat, not muscle. (laughs) We never want to lose muscle. That's never a good thing. Unless you don't want muscle in that area, then that's fine. But generally speaking, uh, calorie deficit with high protein is going to ensure that when you lose body weight, it's mostly body fat and not muscle. But again, you can do both up to a certain point, which most of people are at beginner stages or coming back from a long break. You can benefit from this. You don't have to choose one or the other. And in fact, doing both, monitoring your nutrition, being in a calorie deficit, as well as training your muscles, training hard, is going to produce the best results the fastest and make you stronger, healthier, shape your body in the process, basically saving you a ton of time from doing one and then the other, you can do both. So no, you don't have to choose between the two unless you are someone who's been lifting for years and have become basically advanced, which like I said, most people aren't, which is totally cool. Super jealous of you for that because I can't do that anymore. I don't get those newbie gains anymore, but it's all good. You ha- you guys have that advantage and that privilege. So super smart of you to take advantage of it and do both. Okay. All right. Next one. You have to do blank to build glutes. Most people put squats, some people put deadlifts, some people put hip thrusts, some people put this, that, the other. There is no one exercise that everyone has to do to build glutes. It's not a must because there are so many ways 
to build muscle. There are so many exercises that you can choose from. You don't have to do something that doesn't feel good, that you don't enjoy, that hurts, that feels uncomfortable. If you have a set of glute exercises that you genuinely enjoy, you truly feel the glutes burning and you're progressively getting stronger in them trying to do more every week, that works. You'll hear a lot of people saying you have to hip thrust heavy, you have to squat heavy, you have to do this, you have to do that. There are very few things you have to do. For example, if you want to lose weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit, period. There's no way around that. But when it comes to building muscle, there are so many different things you can choose from. So don't ever feel like you have to do something or do a specific routine or do a specific exercise if it's not something that aligns with you, your goals or your preferences and your body capability. If you cannot perform a squat and go all the way down without massive pain, you don't need to be doing the squat. It's okay. There's a million other exercises you can do, like the hip thrust, like the split squat, which I consider to be a little bit better. But again, even those are not necessary. So don't ever let someone tell you to do something that you know isn't right for you because apparently it's the quote unquote best because again, there are so many things to choose from. So what I would recommend in this situation is find the exercises that you truly feel working. For me, those are the hip thrust, the split squats, deadlifts, RDLs, Romanian deadlifts, and um, glute bridges, frog pumps, things like that. I really feel those in my glutes. For example, the cable glute kickback where you stand with the cable machine and kick back and forth, those I don't really feel too much. And those are a very popular glute exercise. And if they work for you, great. But for me, that's not something I'm going to really do waste my time doing because I don't feel it. It's not really benefiting me in any way. And maybe you think the split squat doesn't do that for you. So you're not going to do those, you know? Never let anyone tell you you have to do something to build glutes. You can do it in many different ways. Many different exercises work. Many different types of intensities work, and it's all going to depend on you as an individual what you prefer and what you and your coach, if you have one, think is best for you and your body. So, there's nothing that you have to have to have to do in terms of exercises. There are some that are typically better and some that aren't as great, but again, something that quote unquote isn't as great might be the best exercise for you, and that is totally okay and totally fine and totally valid. And you should be able to perform that exercise without feeling like, oh, I'm doing something wrong if you know that it works for you. So nothing is as a must really in fitness. So basically use you, your coach, your personal preferences and what you like to do as your decision making guidance. So there's that one. You don't have to do anything to build glutes. Just train hard and smart whatever way you want to. Next is you have to sweat like a pig to actually do a workout like if you don't sweat if you're not sore if you're not dead that does that means you didn't have a good workout lies 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 okay there are many things that indicate the effectiveness of a workout sweating being sore how tired you are after the workout are not good ones and I'll tell you why soreness literally just means that your body did something that it's not used to doesn't mean it's a good thing. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means it did something new. Period. That's it. Being tired? I mean, you could have done a ton of things but really gotten nowhere and you could be tired. That doesn't mean you were productive. You know what I'm saying? And then finally, if you sweat like a pig, all that means literally is that your body temperature got hot enough to release water and as soon as you drink a water bottle when you're done working out, you're going to gain that weight back. 
It's not that sweating automatically means you burn more fat and now you're way better ahead and you it was a way better workout. No, no, no. It just means you sweated out more water. That's it. Nothing else. And it doesn't mean that sweating is a bad thing and useless. If you like sweating, cool. But it isn't something that you have to pursue every single time. What does determine if a workout was effective or not is are you getting stronger? Was your form better than last week? Did you perform the exercises better? Did you add more weight? Did you do more reps? Did you do more sets? Did you feel more confident in your workout? All of these things that aren't as visible are more important and more indicative of whether that workout was good or not. Not if you're tired, sweaty, or sore. Those are just like, I mean, whatever. Some workouts, you're going to walk out of the gym and feel perfectly fine. Not a single drop of sweat falling. You're not going to be sore the next day. And then three months from there, you're lifting 100 more pounds. It, it's not the end of the world if you're not these things. And having these things don't mean that you automatically had a good workout. So again, you don't have to sweat like a pig. You don't have to be sore and that you can't walk the next day. You don't have to be dead, tired, crawling out of the gym when you're done. You just have to do better than you did last time. <laughs> and that's it. Whether that was a 1% improvement or 50% improvement or you doubled what you did, it doesn't matter, but doing more every single session is going to be more, it's going to be better for you and your progress and just simply chasing sweat and getting sore. It, it's just, it doesn't matter really at all. So you don't have to do that to get a good workout. Progress over time is how you do that. And yeah, that's a lie. Don't listen to that. <laughs> the next lie is you have to do a million and one glute activation exercise for warm-ups. Otherwise, your glutes are not going to be engaged and you're not going to feel it and you're just not going to make progress. OMG. A warm-up is a warm-up, not a workout, (laughs) okay? Most of the time, women get a booty band or something and crank out tons and tons and tons of reps to warm up from donkey kicks to lateral kicks to glute bridges to crab walks. I mean, everything. They spend 30 to 45 minutes warming up. Then by the time you get to the workout, you may not feel it, but your muscles are actually fatigued and they are tired. They're not really in the best condition to give you the best workout. And it might, you know, come out and like your knees are all wobbly and your form isn't great. And you're like, what the hell? Like I literally warmed out forever. Why is this? Why am I not getting the right, you know, form or whatever? That's because you overwarmed up. And this is something that is so common. People push this narrative of you have to warm up a long time and do a lot of reps and really wake your glutes up. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. And in fact, this is detrimental because not only are you wasting time because that was just a warm up, now the workout you have to do, but you also pre-fatigue yourself to the point where your form in your actual workout will suffer, which is where most of the gains will come from. Not the warm up. It just feels good. You start to feel that burn and you start to feel warmed up and you're sweating, but that doesn't mean that you're getting prepared for the workout. So what is a proper way to warm up? You think about what is the workout that I'm going to do today? Let's say it's a leg day. You're squatting, deadlifting, hip thrusting, split squatting, uh, hamstring curling. Let's just say it's as simple as that. So you're going to start with your heaviest exercise first, the deadlift. So take five minutes, maybe seven to do a couple of crab walks, a couple of leg kicks, a couple of body weight squats, nothing crazy, no more than 40 reps total. So three sets of 10, four sets of 10, and then get to warming up with the first exercise. Don't spend half of your workout warming up with bands. Spend five, seven minutes doing that. 
and then get into the under the bar start body or just squatting with the bar then adding the 10 pounds and the 20 so forth and so on until you get to your working set this is going to allow you to not only save energy because you're not warming up uselessly for so long but also mentally and physically preparing your body for the actual workout you're not doing crab walks for the actual workout you're doing squats you're doing deadlifts you're doing this so warm-ups should be trying to get you prepared for what's coming again warm-ups have to be specific they have to be targeted they can't just be a random set of dumb shit that you're doing just because you want to sweat and get the, the the burn And also, it shouldn't be a workout. It should be a warm-up, which is why I never say past the 10 mark. If you're doing a warm-up that is longer than 10 minutes, probably wasting time. I'm going to be honest with you. You're probably doing way too many things, not really focusing, not really doing the right thing, and you're just kind of wasting time in the gym, which we don't have time to waste, you know? So no more than 10 minutes, ideally five to seven. Do a couple movements that feel good, warm up your hips, warm up your legs, and then right after, get into the first exercise and start warming up with that and then from that point on just continue to get your workout in and I promise you you probably will feel a lot more energy throughout the workout and your form is going to look better because you actually have energy you actually have the the capacity to work out because you're not overly tired from your warm-up so this comes with anything upper body legs uh, glutes whatever don't over warm up five to seven minutes max and then get right into the first workout and warm up with that and by minute 20 you should already be squatting you should already be deadlifting you should already be doing whatever you're going to do first don't take way too long warming up it's detrimental it's really not necessary and it will hurt you when you're doing the workout and in in return affect your long-term progress so don't over warm up that's a lie last one is that your weight determines your health and it is the only thing that you need to be paying attention to and the only thing that really tells you how much progress you've made. It's very popular to focus on weight and while I'm not going to tell you that losing weight is not good, if you're overweight and you really need to lose weight and your body fat is too high, absolutely, losing weight is going to be a great indicator of progress for you. But it's not the whole story. Your weight doesn't define you as a human being. Your weight is just what gravity pulls you with. (laughs) That's it. And while, yes, being lighter and being in a normal healthy range is important, it's not everything. Like if you lose 20 pounds, but you feel like ass, you're extremely fatigued, you don't like how your body looks, you don't feel happy, was those 20 pounds really indicative of you you know, making progress? Is that really progress? Is that really something to be proud of? You know what I'm saying? So the weight isn't telling you the whole story. You have to look at a bunch of different factors. Have you been building muscle? Have you been getting better energy? Do you feel good? Do you feel more energized? Are you working out more consistently? Are you eating better? Do you feel better? Do you sleep better? Do you have less stress? All of these different things that are so much more important and just as important to track as your weight. So what I would recommend if you're like, well, I want to pay attention to my weight because I want to lose weight, 100% okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. But also give yourself some other non-scale goals like feeling better energized, getting better sleep, eating more vegetables, drinking more water, working out consistently. Because one, weight isn't all that matters. But two, your weight isn't always going to do what you want it to do. Sometimes it'll spike up for no goddamn reason. And you're going to be like, oh my god, like I'm gaining weight, like I'm losing progress. Ah, what's the point? I'm just going to give up. 
But it's like, no, you have all these other goals that you're pursuing that need your attention as well. So weight is not everything. It does not mean absolute, with absolute truth, whether you're healthy or not. There are so many other things to consider, so many other things that matter. And remember, the scale is going to do its thing. You have no control over what that number is when you step on it. So focus on the things you do have control over, your behaviors, your actions, what you decide to do from that point on. And then just track the weight as like a objective information. It is what it is. If it went up, okay, we'll deal with it and we'll go back down and we'll get back on track. If it went down, cool. That's a good indicator. We're going to keep going. No matter good or bad, don't let the scale distract you. Don't let it get in your head. Don't let it consume your emotions because it is not the only thing that matters. And again, it's sometimes unreliable in terms of indicating actual real progress. So yeah, you are more than the scale, okay? I know it's sometimes easier said than done. I know sometimes when you step on that scale and it's a couple pounds heavier, you're like, what the hell? I did everything perfectly. Why is it up? And you like lose your shit kind of. I've been there. But it's not everything. It's not telling you the whole story. And in those situations, when you feel that way, just think, where else have I made progress? What else has gone well? I'm sleeping better. I have more energy. Cool. That's a win. I'm on the right track. And that is the episode, you guys. Those are the eight lies that women have been told about health and fitness that I wanted to discuss with you today. Like I said in the in the beginning of the episode, there are so many out there that it would take me forever to talk about them all. But I just wanted to give you a little sample size of some of the things that are very common and a lot of women believe and a lot of women let hold them back. And they don't need to because they're lies. They're not true. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, if you're new here, please consider subscribing to the podcast. If you liked what you hear and are hearing so far, please do not forget to leave me a five-star review on the Apple um, review. What is it called? Apple review page. And let me know your thoughts. Let me know your feedback. Let me know what you're liking, what you're not liking. And just give me your feedback. Let me know what you guys want to hear about, you know, and let me know if these types of episodes are helpful to you. So, that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed. I will catch you guys in the next episode and talk to you then. Bye.